1: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co
2: ladies and gentlemen please take your seats the show is about to begin
1: Welcome to Cavs a podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Tom Booya. booyah, and Simo,
3: all the way from Oz, uh,
1: all the way from from Perth, Australia. So uh, we've got we've got a star studded lineup here on uh, Cavs the podcast. And uh, how are you guys doing? That's the most important thing. How are you holding up?
2: Good better the last two days because the weather's been gorgeous oh so yeah it's we've been, been really spent, nice here. spending a lot of time outside i've been doing a lot of yard work so there's something very you know i don't know human about yeah it's just about you know like cutting your grass overseeding your lawn you <laughs> know borrowing tools from the neighbors although it is kind of funny so my neighbor behind me i've been borrowing stuff from him and uh i felt like man you know what this guy just moved in. Like, I don't want him to think I'm a moose or whatever. So I brought him over a beer and a wet wipe, and I handed them both. And I was like, this is probably the only time anyone's ever going to hand you both of these things at once. Did he laugh? <laughs> yeah, he laughed.
1: Nice, but, nice. What about, what about you, Samoa? Are lawns a thing there?
3: Uh, they're a big thing here. Uh, Perth, we're, we're kind of um, – they, they call people from Perth sand gropers. I don't know if you've heard that term. Because this whole city is pretty much built on sand, uh, okay. which means that uh, the drainage is uh, is pretty serious. If you water your lawn, the water's gone very <laughs> uh, very shortly afterwards. Um, there is a there is a lot of bore water here. We have a pretty good water table, so everybody's uh, everybody works on their lawns uh, very carefully. Uh, but your lawn will die in the heat over here very quickly if you don't look after it. So <laughs> you can tell. Who's a serious lawn person and who's not by the amount of sand at the front of their house? Interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's a, an interesting place over here. We're, we're doing fine. Uh, the weather, likewise, has been pretty good here. I don't know how I'd be coping if the weather was bad. Um, with the homeschooling that we've been doing, you definitely need to have some physical breaks for the kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we've so been.
1: So yeah. usually we do like. So my kids are sixteen and ten and. Right around noon, usually depending on their schedule and mine, we, we meet up with my mother-in-law, who who lives a few blocks away, and we maintain a social distance while we all walk together. <laughs> and then and then we go once in the evening and wave wave at uh my wife's grandma's eighty eight, and she lives with my mother-in-law, and so we we walk by the back window and wave at her, so <laughs> to keep her spirits up. Aww, so that's sweet. Yeah, we try. We try. And then I sent Tom. I'll have to send you the picture, Simo, but I, I stole my, uh, my 10 year old's bike last night <laughs> and I was riding around and it was the old, uh, the, the Chris Farley bit. Fat guy on a little bike. A bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've been having fun. You got to keep it light. So, so that's been gotta, good.
2: Yeah. You got to try to keep it light for sure.
1: How's the how's TP the situation, Tom?
2: We're good. I told you um, when we had Jason on the podcast that our man, Jesse Mackey, um, brought me a
1: 48-pack, okay, so you're we're good. Still, you're we're still good. Good. good, okay. We're still and good, yeah. How's your wife doing with the homeschooling?
2: You know what? She's not alone. Um, I think a lot of the parents are kind of overwhelmed, so we've all been negotiating with the teachers like, hey, here's what we'll work on, and here's kind of, like, going to be the nice-to-haves. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's been a lot, there's been a lot of that you, you're going You're putting on.
1: on your project management hat. And <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. These we're are gonna, stretch like, goals. Forgot, yeah, these are stretch goals. Yeah. We're going to worry about... uh Reading and math, and you know what?
1: And the rest of us, we're just going to take on some technical debt.
2: talk about social studies, and we'll go out in the backyard and dig for worms for science.
1: Nice. We'll just consider social studies technical debt.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, for forever, right? You went to grammar school, and you learned, like, English and Latin. And so I don't know what all this kerfuffle is about all these subjects, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) But Um... what is... uh, all right, so, Simo,
3: in, uh where you're at, are all the kids like being homeschooled right now? Pretty much. Pretty much. The, the government was pretty slow to, to close schools. In fact, the federal government never really actually said that schools have to close. They, it was a very slow kind of squeeze. Um, but by the time we uh, got to uh, taking our child out of school, there were very few kids left in class. Um, so, effectively, what's happening now is that if you're an essential worker, Um, There are options at your school. Uh, All public and private schools have to provide an option to look after children um, of those parents. Uh, But we we were quite lucky in our situation. We pretty much pulled our our child out of school. Um, She's in grade one now, um, as soon as we had the option of of doing so. Um, So, yeah, the the schools are pretty empty and the the streets are pretty empty. Um, I hear you on on the stretch goals. Uh, (laughs) I think our, our aspiration... Uh, is pretty much um, if we're all out of our pajamas at some time during the morning. <laughs>
1: That's a win. <laughs> yeah. Bonus totally, time. <laughs> totally feel you there. That's why I go on the walks to basically force myself to at least put on sweatpants <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or basketball shorts if it's warm enough, which it was today. So
3: <laughs> uh, on the on the toilet side of things, my um, we were starting to get a little thin on the ground. Um, but uh, about, about a week ago, my wife was, uh, she went to one of the smaller chain supermarkets around here and uh, she she happened to wander down, it wasn't even in the toilet paper aisle, there was just this corner of the store that had a huge pile of uh, <laughs> toilet paper bags just sitting there and the, the store was kind of empty and she walked past it and did a double take, kind of looked at it and, you know, when you find a really good car park on a, on a really busy street and you okay. think your eyes don't work because you're reading the sign and you can't, you still can't believe that it's, it, it's just fallen into your lap so easily. So she's kind of looked at it for a while, looked around, like, and then said,
1: catch?
3: "Yeah, I'm taking one of these." So she, uh, she, she grabbed one and brought it home. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was like I imagine uh, people in medieval times when they brought home a, a, a wild boar for everyone to feast on. It was, uh, <laughs> you, you,
1: you got one of the king's deer. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, it was a good score.
2: So I'm curious because you mentioned the federal government. So what? Mm. I mean, what are the government breakdowns in australia like obviously in the u.s we have state governments and Mm. they've been they've been the most kind of important and uh obvious governments here with all the corona stuff so like what is it like for you in australia
3: with that can i can i start with a disclaimer just i mean everybody's on this blog is very aware that i am not american (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's pretty obvious Uh, i i lived there for a short time um i have great affinity for our, our American friends, but uh, I I grew up in Australia. I have a, a necessarily different take on uh, on the Australian government, obviously, and the American government. It's uh, and that comes out when we talk about this pandemic.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> it's not just about science. It, it's about um, you know politics and and social social norms and all sorts of things. So if, if anyone has a problem with what I say, just just from just remind yourself that I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Of,
2: if anyone uh, has a problem it, with what you say, they can take it up with Coles 741. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs>
1: they can ask for a refund.
2: <laughs> they can ask for a refund. <laughs> our, our claims department will get right on that.
1: So, actually, <laughs> this is really funny. I have a funny Cole story today. So, I was actually. Wait.
2: I want him to answer the oh, question. Okay. okay. Sorry,
1: sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay.
3: Kohl's <laughs> uh, stories. We're not two hours into this yet. <laughs> and, and that's the list. Add uh, that to the run sheet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the states here we have fewer states. We've got a, what, uh, six or seven states, or uh, some of them so are they territories.
1: Call them states and not provinces.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, we've got five states and two territories. So uh, okay. there's no real difference in how they're managed, uh, not okay. not in any practical sense. Um, but they they're, they're, I would say the American states have much more, um, much more uh, power and sway. Um, it's much more, I understand, much more of a cobbling together over there and the federal government has less, uh, less power, whereas in Australia it's, um, it's quite unusual to see a state take, uh, take the lead on anything if the federal government is interested in, in how a situation plays. So it's been um, very interesting. The, I'd say the main difference here with the whole COVID response was that uh, the federal government could have easily come out and said all schools across the country need to close, all right, um, but they they really didn't do that. They looked up to the states. We saw, um, and I think the the political um, persuasion of the the state governments plays a big role as well. Um, there was some. There's a state here that has um, a a labor government, which is the uh, the non-conservative side of the the political spectrum over here, which is different to the federal government. Now they uh, approached the government and said, "Listen, we're going to close the schools. You, you need to call a press conference and explain." <laughs> to the To the Australian people, why we're why we're breaking away? So uh, they sort of shared the uh, the the lead there, and I think that put pressure on the government to then the federal government. So is, is, too. So
1: you have your main two parties are Labor and what's the other one?
3: The conservative okay. um, party, the Liberal Party.
1: Okay,
3: <laughs> it's Got a it. little. Con- <laughs> yeah, uh, so you could think of the uh, the Labor Party as being similar to the Democratic Party, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. In the States. that's kind of how it works um and
1: is, and that, labor, is that similar more to the labor party in england as well
3: yeah
2: yeah so is uh, your do you feel like that your politics um and the mechanisms are more closely related to the united kingdom than america yeah i'd
3: say uk okay, okay.
1: now uh, you have a pm say, right you have prime minister that's right okay and yeah. then you have you have a national parliament
3: that's correct okay. um, you I'm not not sure if you guys would be aware that we've had a, an awful lot of prime ministers over the last uh, decade or so,
1: yeah, so yeah. I was aware that you had a lot of political uh, turnover
3: yeah yeah so the parties themselves have been in power for the you know, the normal amount of time between elections but uh, yeah politics like a lot of countries's got a little bit toxic um, but the difference <laughs> between uh, the UK sorry the Australia and the states is that the leader can get uh, removed quite quickly by the, the parliament uh, if things are, are going badly, and they'll, they'll just put another face up there, whereas uh, you guys have a lot of power invested in the, uh, the office of the president. So <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, for
2: sure.
1: For good or ill.
3: <laughs> so do you guys,
2: like, honor the crown of England still? Is that some kind of formality since you were a colony?
1: Well, uh, they are part of the commonwealth.
3: We, we are part of the Commonwealth and we had a big vote um, probably what maybe 10 15 years ago now uh, in which we uh, there was a big push to become a republic and to, to separate from the crown formally and uh, the Prime Minister at the time wasn't a fan of it so when they put up the uh, the questions that could be uh, the put to the public it was um, it was designed in such a way that would make it very hard for, for the Republic push to, to succeed, uh, so it was sort of, uh, it was hamstrung from the start. It was a very popular idea, and I think um, people would still like to be separated formally from the Crown. So, yeah, technically we're part of the Commonwealth, but there's a, there's a fair bit of antipathy directed towards uh, towards the Crown. As there is, Really? Well, yeah. Look, I know the the, uh, the royal family is still fairly popular in the UK, but they're nowhere near as popular as they used to be. Um, well, so
2: why? I mean, I guess... Where the rubber meets the road, I mean, wh- what does it really matter at this point? Like, what, what, if you were to make that change, what would like
3: improve in people's lives? Isn't that all in that whole thing just kind of symbolic? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Although, you know, we had a prime minister removed from government by the Queen back in the nineteen seventies.
2: Oh, well, that's not symbolic. That's pretty no, real. <laughs> that, that,
3: that was real. So the Governor General, um, who. Is technically um, answers to the Queen and not the Prime Minister. That's that's the whole link of the Crown in, in Commonwealth countries. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So yeah, they, the Attorney, sorry, the Governor General recommended to the to the Queen that the Prime Minister be removed, and he was removed. Oh, uh, wow. and I think that's where a lot of the antipathy comes from. So you know, how how dare this uh, this royal structure on the other side of the world uh, dictate our politics to us? So I think, I think since then the Queen uh, and her you know, advisors have been very. Um, Hands off to become, yeah, hands off, and they they kind of know that Australia wants to be independent. They just we just haven't got the uh, the balls to
0: do it yet. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think, <laughs> and I don't know
1: if this is still true, but one of the big things about the Commonwealth is that immigration between Commonwealth countries is much easier than with non yep. Commonwealth countries. Is that also uh, true?
3: Yeah, yeah. The, the whole idea was that we're supposed to be um, friends under the one mm. the one banner. Um, they, they have the Commonwealth Games, which is a bit like the Olympic Games, just for Commonwealth countries, um, which is uh, Australia takes that very seriously because that's Australia's chance to really clean up in the absence of the United States. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you also have cricket, which we don't play here, so <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: yeah, we don't play well here. I, yeah. I work with uh, s-
1: <laughs> several Indian, a lot of Indian people, and uh, and yeah, they're they're very big into cricket. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, yeah they're really they're really into cricket in jamaica because that yeah. um you know is it feels way more british there than than uh, american so oh, you know it's football yeah. it's football rugby and cricket in in jamaica Not and, in baseball, and sprinting on, on like <laughs> yeah but it's like weird because there's all the you know you look in these other caribbean countries and baseball is king and they don't there's no baseball oh, yeah. at all
1: it's, Hey, no, it, it all is based on, you know, you know, 17th century of uh, colonialism or uh, colonialism. Sorry.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the team from uh, Jamaica, they, they're called the West Indies through the 1970s and 80s were the world champions. So you just couldn't beat them. They were so good. Um, at cricket? But, yeah, at cricket. But that's, oh, that's wow. happened recently because of the popularity of uh, basketball. So uh, they're they're no longer a very strong team. It's interesting. It's
1: changed. Yeah. And, uh, and track because of Usain Bolt. Well, yeah, Yeah.
2: they're the fastest in the world. Like
1: no question. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was, that was a pretty good uh, Commonwealth history lesson there. So I'm, I'm glad we got that. Um, Yeah. So have you been, (laughs) I I don't want to get you in trouble, but um, I, I've, have you been frustrated with the lack of response from a national level? How long it kind of took you guys to get rolling? Uh, he, I, I've got to say on a couple of things to do with this whole COVID-19
3: pandemic, I've, I've had to change my tune a little bit uh, because it's taken, because it's such a, a novel virus, it's been hard to tell exactly what was going to happen. Uh, we're learning as we right. go here. Um, as a virologist, I, I was looking at the early data and thinking this is going to be really bad. Uh, I can tell an anecdote or two to give um, an idea of how how unseriously people were taking it. Um, this was in, I think it was in February, probably early, or well, maybe late February. I remember going to to drop my daughter off at school, uh, and we were a little bit early, so the doors were closed. So we had to kind of stand around with the rest of the parents. My, my daughter runs off to play with, with some of her friends, and I, I go to talk to one of the... The dads that I'm friendly with, it's Andy. He's this huge seven-foot guy, and he's in, his, he's in his 60s. He's got older kids, but he's, he's also got a, a six-year-old in my daughter's class. Um, and he strolls over and sticks out his hand to shake my hand. And I I i, I said uh, not, not shaking hands at the moment, Andy. I'm going to give you the coronavirus salute instead. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he looked at me. He just said, what, are you serious, mate? what <laughs> you couldn't believe it. This, this is this is a beat up right and i was like uh like i don't want to big note myself but i used to study viruses and this is going to go really badly i you probably haven't heard this but they are probably going to have to shut the schools at some point in the next couple of months and he literally couldn't believe it um fast forward two weeks and he walked past to give me an elbow bump <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's totally on board. As is everyone else, because finally um, the government started sending out appropriate messages. But <clears throat> it wasn't just people from the government; it was people from representing, uh, say, the AMA, the Australian Medical uh, Workforce Association. Um, you had you had people from those organisations uh, coming out and saying it for the first time. The schools are going to have. You guys have
1: national healthcare. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, You're a civilized well, country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trolling, Tom. <laughs> uh, carry,
3: carry on, carry on. Uh, si- similar to Canada in, in, that, okay. in, the, in the structure, yeah. But, okay. uh, a, but a lot of the leadership messaging early on was, was not coming from the federal government. It was coming from you know, other, other leaders in the community, which disappointed me, which meant um, that the messaging was often um, piecemeal. And a little bit conflicting. Um,
1: yeah, yeah we the, don't know what that's like here.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I look, most of my Twitter feed is, is people in the states, so I, I may not be quite as across it, but I see a lot of the. Oh, yeah, well, I see sure. a lot of similarities. Um, yeah, the other the other anecdote, which you might have heard about over there, was that uh, I think it was it was on a Friday that the <clears throat> the federal government stated that on the on the following Monday they were going to ban um, public gatherings of more than five hundred people. Uh, someone from the media asked the Prime Minister, so does that mean you're not going to the football on Saturday like you said you would? And the Prime Minister said, oh, no, I'm going to the football. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of the lot of people who are interested in the financial sectors were all were all saying, "Hooray! He's sending the right message that you know it's yeah, um, yeah. Not, no, not all, pa-
2: no need to panic yeah
3: yeah and all of that." But all the all the medical professionals and scientists were facepalming um, and talking <laughs> talking about the exponentiality and if it is in the community, we don't have any time to waste. So there was this real tension between the two, and I guess that's that's
1: still there. So, now, do you guys hmm. have? Um... Sorry, I'm I'm very distracted because I just saw a. Doug Flutie nugenics commercial on on TV, which is a <laughs> boost testosterone levels. And I don't know if you know who Doug Flutie is, but he was an American uh, <laughs> court, football player, quarterback. So, anyway, sorry, very easily distracted. So, do you guys have clusters there like we do here in New York and Washington and um, some of the other places that are getting hit pretty hard?
3: Yeah, we've got a, we've got a couple of clusters. Um, we've been very very lucky, I guess we we are isolated uh, fairly well from a lot of other countries, although, you know, once you've got people coming through the borders on planes and boats, etc. Mm-hmm. you are exposed. One of the biggest clusters that occurred was in New South Wales. It's where okay. Sydney is on the east coast, and that was due to a cruise ship that uh, came on, on land uh, probably three or four weeks ago, and for whatever reason, <clears throat> um, all passengers were allowed to disembark, and uh, there's the generic... Um, if you are coming from overseas, you must self-isolate for 14 days. But that is not um, regulated in any way. And I think a lot of people just and went back to their, their various homes. And the cases are not up on the latest data, but I think there's something like 250 COVID-19 cases that are directly, directly related um, to that cruise ship. Now, that, that forms a large percentage of Australia's positive cases. You know, I think we're up to about 5,000 now okay uh, yeah in total which is you know it's it's pretty good and we are shaping the curve um, downwards fairly well, which is uh surprising and pleasing
1: it it is yeah and so one of the things I wanted to ask you about and I don't know if you've kept up on the on the research at all um and I, uh, if, if you think I'm full of bunk or just, uh, like, that's not something you want to talk I'll about. I'll
2: preempt, I'll preemptively yeah. stand on that leg that you're full of bunk. <laughs> Go ahead. Ask your question.
1: So, no, one <laughs> of the questions is, so I wanted to talk about one of the things that's been coming out in the last couple of days is that the R value, which is the transmittability uh how contagious the virus is is might be a lot higher than initially thought uh initially it was like 1.5 to 2.5 which is means on average one person will infect one and a half to two and a half people well it's thought now some people are saying the r value may be higher and but that the uh the virility i think is that the right term of how uh how symptomatic you you get when you contract the virus uh, might be much lower, and a lot more people might have it, but a lot fewer people, percentage-wise, might have symptoms than they initially thought. So can you speak to that a little? Have you looked at any of the research around that?
3: I was uh, quite up on the research up until about a week ago um, when homeschooling started, so it's it's become (laughs) another aspect. Another aspirational target for me yeah. to, uh, <laughs> stretch stretch
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: to, to get across the latest. Um, I was helping uh, a friend over in Melbourne put together a weekly digest of the latest research because we, we know quite a few very busy medical professionals who could use this information, but they're okay. you know they just busy to sit down and, and research it themselves, um, which I look forward to you guys if you want to read it. But, oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I just haven't been across it in the last week or so. Okay. Um, I don't. I'm not aware of the R-NOR value changing that much. I, I still understand it to be around two and a half people um, per infected individual. If that's gone up a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, the, the thing that's changed since I've been watching this pretty closely has been the, our understanding of the asymptomatic transmission. Um, I think early information out of, uh, out of China and the uh, WHO were in there uh, doing some investigations in in February, they seemed to think that there was not very much asymptomatic transmission at all. They didn't see outbreaks uh, in schools. They weren't seeing lots of teachers getting sick. Um, so they, I think they, that informed them in some way. Um, but I think it's, I think it's asymptomatic adults that that have since been shown to be the problem.
1: Yeah, and uh, just. In case anybody listening doesn't understand what that means, that basically means you can transmit the virus while not actually displaying any symptoms
3: yeah yeah, yeah exactly um, and I think the the symptoms for for everybody has been fairly consistent you know they talk about the the, um, the fever and a, and a dry yeah dry or a dry cough um, and it, when it progresses, you start to have difficulty breathing. Uh, I read a report last night that um, it, it was talking about medical professionals. Um, dealing with patients who were a little bit blue and really struggling to breathe or um, struggling to breathe more than they normally would but didn't seem to think they had a breathing problem. So it can be a little bit sneaky if it's infecting people who don't have other diseases or, you know, comorbidities, as they call it. Um, a normally healthy person may not even notice that they've, they've got it, um, even if they are experiencing some symptoms, which, you know, the virus must love. <laughs> it's uh, it's a really good way to get around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, um, along with that, I think the symptomatic rate is anywhere from, it's around 20%, right? Uh, or, uh, so 20% of people who contract it will get symptoms, and and that's a rough number. Um, yeah. Changes dramatically across the age, age groups, yeah. Yeah, and then the, but the asymptomatic transmission, so in Ohio, Tom and I know this, that, um, and Mike DeWine is the governor of Ohio and has been one of the best leaders in the country, yeah. I would say, about, uh, you know, getting the awareness out quickly and, um, you know, taking steps to protect people and fl- flattening the curve, as it were. And so basically we're told now don't go out without masks. Um, and that's a big change from. You know the WHO until last week was basically telling people, well, masks might do more harm than good because you're more likely to, you know, not know how to use the mask and and touch your face when trying to get the mask on and off. And so basically, it's come out. Well, you can get it by breathing uh, in the same space as someone else. Or um, one of the things I read was that they're they've seen a lot of transmission and churches and they think part of it may be the singing in that you transmit the virus out it projects more um so uh we're all wearing masks now and that's and a lot of that is the what has come about about asymptomatic transmission yeah um more knowledge is always good um
3: Um, and a lot of it is guesswork as well we're we're looking at this as a as a respiratory virus and we know how other respiratory viruses are you know, promoted in the in the community. I love how you, I love how you say that
1: <laughs> respiratory. Okay, so yeah, is Sorry. It How do you say
0: aluminum?
2: Yeah, I'm just
1: <laughs> gonna ask the same question.
3: <laughs>
1: you know what?
2: Uh,
3: uh,
1: al- 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 aluminum. Aluminum.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You say aluminum over here, people look at, like you're crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at oh. my
1: old job, I had an engineer I worked I'm with. I might have respiratory. So is it an eraser or a rubber uh, on
3: the
1: back of your pencil? Yeah, of <laughs> we, both, you know,
3: we, can, we can have it both ways. You know.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a, uh, side note, uh, when I lived in America, um, my daughter had a few health problems when she was about one year old. She had a couple of, you know, not, nothing critical, but we spent a bit of time at uh, the Cleveland Clinic uh, with her as a patient. Um, and I had to do a lot of telephone calls to set, a lot of this stuff up. And I found that uh, if I was talking to anyone on the telephone, I would say who I was and, and what I wanted and there would be a long pause and then they would say, I'm sorry, sir, what? Face to face communication was fine, but I had to develop um an American accent
1: <laughs> oh, for telephone.
3: Yeah. And as well, soon and as I even
1: a Cleveland accent.
3: Was... Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Mom
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well <laughs> I go it, it, get in uh, my car.
2: <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Gotta get that. That's uh, Great Lakes. Uh, Great Lakes vowel hammering on the yeah, on the and, A's and the
1: Northeast Ohio hard R.
3: Yeah yeah yeah. It's funny. My my wife would cringe when I did it, but um, it it solved all the communication problems. So
1: I felt justified. <laughs> we that's had, hilarious. It's funny because I was on a project last year and we had a Chinese uh person on this on this call, or on our, on our team. And when he was face to face, I could always understand him. But when he was on the phone, he would always use Skype. And for whatever reason, the way it digitized his voice, it was mm. so difficult to understand him on the phone. And it was just the weirdest thing. It was like, and, and we just like begged him all the times, like, don't use Skype. Just use your cell phone. It's just a, <laughs> 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 don't use Skype. We cannot understand you, but he always did. <laughs> And literally, we we kicked him off the project because he refused to not use Skype.
2: Wow, that sounds like a well, because lawsuit. Because we
1: literally could not understand <laughs> anything he was saying. That is not. That was not a very woke uh, group, Nate. Well, no. When you shut up, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. Anyway, um, so. Yeah, so along with that, um, herd immunity. Can you explain what herd immunity is? Because I feel like that's one of those things that people throw around and don't understand what it means.
3: Yeah, and that's that's been topical the last decade as well, as we've seen um, measles uh, hotspots yes. break out. And measles uh, right, is we...
1: insanely contagious.
3: Yeah. Um, and we, we've seen hotspots in in people get complacent. All right. We, um, we know the power of vaccines, uh, from the past, but, uh, you know, if you don't know of anyone who's died of, of a lot of these diseases, um, you can start to think, well, maybe it's not that important. Um, that, that goes to the flu shot as well, which it's always better to have the flu shot than not. But there's a lot of people, my family included, who often choose to not do it or to not get their kids vaccinated um, because they've never known anyone who's died of the flu.
2: Yeah, so the the burned hand is the best uh, teacher of the dangers of fire, right? So people talk a lot about these different things in a vacuum, but I think there's patterns. I think when you look at, they take polls all the time on young people and their opinions, and you know, to sometimes older people, it's just shocking. It's like, wh- what? And then you realize like, oh, wait, yeah, you don't have any recollection of any of these things because, you know, you weren't around then. And, you know, we've lived in a whole, you know, multiple generations of vaccines. So people don't remember what it was like before then. And so you do get complacent. Yeah.
1: And it's funny, I'll be interested to see, um, if hopefully, um, sooner than later, a, uh, a, a COVID nineteen uh, vaccine comes out. How many people that were anti vaxxers are like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, "Yeah, sign me up for that."
2: Yeah. I don't know, man. I saw something how like in the UK they're they're setting five G cell towers on fire because oh there's gosh, conspiracy yeah. that that's that's what caused COVID. That's the most insane like, thing I've ever. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. But I mean, people latch onto that stuff, you know,
1: that they used to burn witches. Yeah, yeah uh, so back to my, what is herd immunity?
3: Okay, so so we know how we can protect ourselves from from um, germs that we have a, an effective vaccine for. Okay, you take the vaccine, your immune system is exposed to um, a particle of the germ, uh, and that's the sort of stuff that I used to develop in the lab. Um, and provided the vaccine is effective, then most people should develop good antibodies against against that. That uh, particular germ but herded immunity is it's not um, just the protection of the individual who's had the vaccine there are other people in the community that uh, may not have immunity for different reasons they might have not have had the vaccine or they may be immunocompromised they may have a poor immune system um, some of these comorbidities that we're talking about are, are people who are, are sick for other reasons um, so herd immunity is is if you can think about it in terms of you protecting those amongst us, um, that can't be vaccinated or can't bite the bug for whatever, whatever reason. Um, an example of that could be, um, say the bacteria meningococcus, which can cause uh, meningitis. Um, most people have that living harmlessly in your throat. Okay. And it doesn't cause disease, but it can get into your blood se- bloodstream and cause infections. Um, now if that, if that, um, particular bacteria is transmitted to someone if you don't have the the vaccination then it, you'll probably have a, a reasonable load of that that bacteria living in your throat and you can give that to someone who might get really sick so that that's a good way to think about herd immunity you're uh, you're really protecting those people who who otherwise uh, might die from something that you won't
1: okay and and one of the so one of the concepts around that is the more people in a large group And and correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm 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 not reading off anything. I'm just trying to summarize Mm. it or you know put this thought into words. The more people in a large group that have an immunity to a disease, the less likely the people that don't have that immunity are to get it. Basically.
3: Yep. Yeah. You you need uh, a large proportion of people to be immune or vaccinated. Okay. uh, For her to, to actually work. Um. Having said that, though, we still don't. If we can translate that to COVID nineteen, we still don't understand how much of the virus disappears after someone has recovered. Yeah, um, it's super tricky. Study. Yeah, well, they're doing on that right now with people who, are, who have recovered. They're looking at antibody level, but also free um, viral particle uh, level and and hopefully viral shedding, which is actually extremely difficult to to study. Um,
2: so can I ask you a quick question? Um, there was a post, a local post going around. There's a local doctor in Dayton that, you know, last I checked is not doing well and he's got COVID and they were asking for plasma donations of people that have already recovered from COVID. Mm -hmm. So like what, what is that experimental or is that like a viable way to, to get him antibodies right now against it or, or how does that work? There's potential for that,
3: yeah. Uh, it's not proven, so it is experimental. Um, they they are doing those kind of studies right now, as I've said. From from people who have recovered, they're looking at the serum, the uh, the, um, the different types of antibodies. Those are the Ig uh, compounds. There's a there's a whole range of them. The, some of them are in your blood, some of them are in your mucosal areas, like your throat and your um, your esophagus and your mouth. Um, so they're they're looking at that now, but if they're you know, if they're giving that to him or they're asking for it, um, I would hope that he's part of a study and they're not just doing it anecdotally, you know, n equals one. <laughs> um, I would hope that they're they're doing it properly. Um uh, Well, you know, do people I mean, is that
2: a viable procedure for other things where you're like, Oh, oh, yeah. oh so this guy's literally,
1: doing- Tom, that is hundred year old technology. Um, that they literally had when did serums first get started use first get used around 100 years ago right
3: yeah yeah well all, uh, my understanding was that it, it kind of took off in popularity during the the world wars uh yeah from I'm not world sure it was war the, one so it yeah. like
2: replaced leeches as the uh preferred <laughs> method of um
3: getting the healing powers from one person to another <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah you can have an immune response against other people's red blood cells um, uh but generally, if you if you clean up the blood, you put it through a centrifuge, and you pull out the cells, and you're just providing the plasma, which has antibodies and a few other. Oh, okay. So of, that's
2: that's of, the whole point of it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I didn't realise.
3: Yeah. yeah, They they often use um, a preparation called Ig in in hospitals, where they've taken out uh, just the generic antibodies uh, from someone's from someone's blood, and if someone's undergoing like a really full on. Uh, systemic inflammation, you can give this person the plasma and it generally dampens down the inflammation. Um, it doesn't necessarily stop the, um, the cause of the inflammation, whether it be a viral infection or something else, but it dampens down the inflammation that's, that's been in use for, for a long time.
2: So I watched a video or something about, um, it was like a professor talking about the mechanics of how people die from this. And, um, <clears throat> it started off by, like explaining that your immune system, you could think of as having sort of two parts to it, the innate immune system that you're born with. And then like the learned immune system. Yep. Right. And so he was saying, he was basically what to oversimplify what I got out of it was that this virus is, is, you know, not good, but, um, there's a trigger point at which your body panics and goes, Oh my gosh. Like the innate immune system is not able to take care of this, like call in the F-22s and all the, you know, all the heavies and like, let's just like kill the hell out of this thing. And that, that causes that, that escalation um, is what can cause the problems in like the air sacs in your lungs, which then you can no longer um, breathe properly. So that's probably, I might, everything I said may be wrong, but that was what I took away from watching the video. And they were sort of saying like, that's why probably children aren't as susceptible to this because they're, they have, you know, mostly their immune system is based on the innate immune system, not this, long-lived, you know, learned, trigger-happy immune system that's ready to kind of go nova on something that it feels like, hey, you know, we might not be able to handle this. Is that like, am I explaining that right? Or yep. did that it, make no sense?
3: Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're explaining it perfectly. It's still unknown. Um, I keep talking about this novel virus and, you know, anyone who asks on, on Twitter or, or other uh, email uh, emails I get about it, um, I keep saying we're going to have to wait to get the answers. They still don't know. I mean, how many people have died of this worldwide? Hundreds of thousands so far, right? Um I yep. think we have a fair idea of exactly what the pathology is as the virus is causing the issues in the, in the lower lungs. We still don't exactly know what it is, though. Um, we know that the red blood cells are coming into the lungs with a certain level of CO2. Uh, and in someone who's got this disease, uh, a serious amount of this disease, those red blood cells are exiting the lungs with the same amount of c o two. So for some reason, it's unable to exchange c o two and take on oxygen. Um, they They're not sure if it's because the the little lung sacs are filling up with fluid and and things are getting trapped. Um there is a theory at the moment that it's got to do with the receptors on the cells uh, that are that are in there that the uh, the synovium that uh kind of forms the barrier between the, the lungs and the, the blood is is becoming thickened and inflamed. Uh and the cells just can't do the normal exchange of gases that they normally would. Um uh, that's still that's still unknown. Um so I don't know, what you're talking about um the innate immunity so the innate immune system and what we call the acquired immune system. Um you're you're probably right that there's a level of immaturity in kids that is is stopping them from from getting this disease we're still not sure what that is um although kids you know uh, my daughter has an acquired immune system she she gets the flu shot every year um she's had plenty of you know kids are vaccinated from from very young and from the age of while well, my son is about one he's acquired his acquired immune system is is learning lots every day i mean he he had a stomach right. today that uh <laughs> that lasted about six hours there was there was a lot of vomiting um I'm very confident that he won't suffer from that exact same bug again because he's, his system is, is building. Well, um,
2: uh, cool. so that's my, that's the other thing I had a question about. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised um, when they started talking about not knowing how long your acquired system will provide more or less an immunity against something. So all, my only reference point is like, yeah, when I was young, I heard that if you get chicken pox once, you'll never get it again. And then as I got older... People were kind of like, eh, now you can get it again, but you're probably good for, you know, a couple decades. Yeah. <laughs> and then, now I'm reading like, oh, no, like you, you th- there's certain things that your immunity lasts for like months and then you could just get it again. And so what I guess what is the mechanism that causes that time span to where certain things? It's like, oh, you got that vaccine. You need another one in a year or, oh, you got that vaccine. You won't ever need it again in your life or, oh, you got that stomach bug. You'll never get that stomach bug again. Versus, oh, you got that, but you know, you might get that more or less same thing, you know, sh- you know,
3: not in, in a couple of years. Like what? Yeah. Uh, here's where I get, to say, uh, I get to put on my my PhD hat and say this stuff needs a lot more study, <laughs> because every single bug, every virus and, and bacteria is different. Um, when it gets into your body, they all have a certain level of what we call immunogenicity, so they stimulate. Uh, a certain level of immune response uh, in a person um, for a, a, a virus or a bacteria that uh, you need a booster shot for. Um, that would be based on information that shows that the majority of people's immunity would wane over time to that particular pathogen. So how does it that mean-
1: wane? Does your body have just a lower antibody count at that point? It's not so much about the antibody count.
3: Um, it's it's down to your white blood cells, your T cells and your B cells okay. that, produce the, that produce the response. It's your B cells that produce antibodies, and it's your T cells that uh, induce uh, what Tom was talking about, which is the cytokine-based response. You might have heard of the cytokine storm, which is kind of what Tom was talking about when okay. you have a massive overreaction and your body just goes crazy. Um, so that's that's down to the T cells and a few other types of immune cells. Um, the thing that I think goes missing, you have things called memory T cells. There's, there's different types of T cells. Um, and some of those T cells, um, that are specific for a particular pathogen, you might have a, a good circulating amount of those, those T cells in your body for the rest of your life. Or those, those memory cells might just go, you know, quiescent. They might just, uh, they might Ooh, just hold up. That's a good word. Oh, uh, <laughs> did I pronounce it right?
1: <laughs> you, I, you did, actually. I use a software that quiesces on occasion, so um, um, I, I'm familiar with the word, and I enjoy it, so... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, so we, you
1: yeah, know, and it's, di- as I said, it's
3: different for each disease. We don't really know, um, why you need boosted, like, if we don't, we don't know why it wanes for some bugs. and, and- Yeah,
1: I mean, that is something that we do, tra- that we can track, but we don't necessarily know the back-end mechanism. Like, you yeah. need a tetanus shot every 10 years, but why you need yeah. a tetanus shot every years, we may know that, we certainly know why better than we do about CVD-19 or COVID-19 right now, but, um... Uh, so when you refer to, I have a question, when you refer to it in, you know, common conversation, is it COVID-19? Is it? Is that? It's the you, Kung it's flu, Nate. It, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's Yes, not. it is. No, it's, it's the not. Kung
2: flu. That's so funny.
1: It's not. That's terrible, Tom. <laughs> it is not terrible. It's the Rona, and we all know that. <laughs> Rona. Okay. So well, do, sure. how do you refer to it?
3: Uh, I would usually say COVID-19.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what I say when I'm talking to people at work. Yeah. I say or I say the virus.
1: I say or the coronavirus or actually this is really funny my daughter was telling me that if you talk about coronavirus on YouTube then you are somehow a PSA or something and they demonetize you which makes no sense. So but that's something that happens. So she was watching a podcast and they were talking about how um well, we can't talk about what's going on in the country, but we can say um, that, you know, the Backstreet Boys reunion tour is going on in the country. And if you know someone with tickets to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, don't, you know, associate with that person with tickets to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. And I hope that you don't get <laughs> tickets, you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so so, yeah, oh so this, yeah, so that's if you hear that on you, you don't have any tweens yet, but if you hear that on their podcast, uh, that's what they're talking about, or on their YouTube's, that's what they're talking about. So
2: Dude, like, Nate, are we are we are we defending against demonetization on Cavs the Block?
1: Uh, we are not de- <laughs> when, when, when we have monetization, maybe we can <laughs> and then we can think about defending we against... have we have what's called novel monetization <laughs> <where> <laughs> we've never been monetized before, so oh, uh, my yes. no, we are not defending against demonetization so uh... we <laughs> can call it
2: whatever we want, <laughs> yeah,
1: so in terms of so i One of the things I wanted to bring up with you, have you heard of this new study around the BCG vaccine, which is the Uh tuberculosis vaccine? And one of the things that they're discovering is that countries um, that have a larger, uh, that have a national tuberculosis vaccine program, uh, like India, seem to have a lower mortality rate than... Uh, countries that don't have that in terms of COVID-19. Um, and one of the things was a thought that perhaps, um, immune systems because of the BCG vaccine are, I guess the term was better calibrated to respond to COVID-19 than, than if they had not. Uh, I did read just now that there is a 4,000 person clinical trial going on in murdoch children's research institute in australia so um yeah. that's something you might want to follow but have you followed that at all or any comment on that or any thought about how that might be plausible or is that just seem yeah. like pie in the sky
3: no it doesn't i think it's <clears throat> it's uh potentially going to make a difference um i used to work at the the mcri uh back in the day and one of the uh i wasn't working when i worked on this particular vaccine but I worked on a vaccine for rotavirus, uh, which you probably know is uh, oh, pretty yes. pretty bad for kids. Um, yeah, and we so, were
1: looking- uh, interestingly, my daughter got rot- My oldest, my sixteen year old, got rotavirus the year before the vaccine was av- available in America, and she was hospitalized for for three days. Huh. So, yeah, it's very scary.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's bad news. Um, so, we were looking to boost boost the mucosal immune response right so the, the the mucosa in your body that's you know your mouth your esophagus your breathing airways is like your first line of defense right it's this wet surface and your immune system a large part of your immune system is uh is designed to try to catch things at that point uh and kill it before it gets into your bloodstream um so our our vaccine was was focused on boosting the um the immune response or the igs across the, that mucosal surface um, and I'm not, I'm not surprised that um, any kind of vaccine that boosts that system would have uh, or could provide some cross-protection to other pathogens coming in the same way. So you're, you're effectively increasing your immune surveillance. Uh, you've got more cells. Yeah, so I, I think it, there could be some efficacy that came out of it. Um, I don't think it's going to be um, a cure-all. We really need a vaccine. That is, uh, I'm
1: sorry. I'm awesome. laughing because we can actually use the term it's not a panacea in, in the actual way that the term <laughs> is supposed to be used. It's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 how about that? Nice one. I think uh, your, your, true
3: calling, <laughs> your, your true calling is in immunology, Nate. I think you need to go back to school. Um, no, his true calling is following
2: idiots on Twitter all day. <laughs>
1: but that that is a calling it's not very true <laughs> well um that was a an awesome answer and i'm really glad i asked the question um I'm, I'm wondering um how long bcg vaccination is good for given our previous conversation yeah and, good question and i'm gonna hot uh, twitter this right now because that would actually make me really happy because my wife has had the TB, the BCG vaccine, and it is protects against serious TB diseases, uh, according to, uh, healthed.govt.nz for New Zealand for 15 years. So if the Kiwis are right, my, my wife had 15 years, so she still should be good. 15 years? That, that sounds better, better. right. Okay. Yeah.
2: Wait. Are the people from New Zealand referred to as Kiwis? Yes they are. Yeah. Yes they are. <laughs> I did not know that. Where where does that come from?
1: The bird the Kiwi bird and the Kiwi fruit oh, not, are both native not to fruit. um New Zealand.
2: No way. Yes. Dude, I love I love Kiwi.
1: And the small fright flightless bird, the Kiwi.
2: Kiwi is like the strangest tasting food. It's got flavors that no other food has, I think. <laughs>
1: I I mean, don't don't you agree?
2: Like, what else tastes like a kiwi?
1: Kiwis like kind of—it's like kind of weird texture
2: too. Yeah, but it's kind of tart. It's kind of sweet. Sometimes it tastes a little bit like almost metallic in your mouth. It's got
1: a little bit of an umami flavor to it too. What (laughs) umami? You don't know what umami is? It's the. It's that like eel? No, umami is like soy or like um when. Things are described as savory. They often have an umami flavor. A lot of people say it's okay. the fifth taste. Um, after, ah, okay. um, like, have you ever heard of a, it's like,
2: sweet, salty,
1: salty, savory, like, uh, a good bitter. cheese will have a nice umami flavor. Um, or they'll talk about an umami bomb. Like a lot of people like that will like a bit of raw egg or not raw, but like an over easy egg on like something. It gives it new umami taste. Uh, noodles, Japanese noodles are always often referred to as umami taste. The word is Japanese, I believe. So. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: So speaking of raw eggs, um, <laughs> former <laughs> Cleveland Indian, former <laughs> Cleveland Indian, Joe Charbonneau apparently used to just eat raw eggs. Ugh. I'm reading a book uh, 27 men out about um, people that have pitched perfect games and it's just a great book and it's got all these anecdotes so I was reading the one about you know Lenny Barker's perfect game um and uh which next year will be the 40th anniversary of Lenny Barker's perfect game um so i was reading that and they talked about how joe charbonneau was totally crazy and so they started saying all the things he used to do and one of them was he used to just eat raw eggs like like including the shell like he didn't do like the rocky yeah that's what i'm saying he didn't do like the rocky he like literally would just pop him in his mouth
1: i mean i guess if you need the calcium (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's gross I would feel like you could get, like, diverticulitis or something from that. Uh, I'm sure Joe I wasn't too worried about that. Probably not. Um, so... <laughs> Nate, I'm,
3: I'm reading here about uh, BCG. It says, uh, this is the Australian schedule. It says revaccination is not recommended uh, because of a lack of evidence about efficacy. So take that for what, what it is.
1: Efficacy was... for TB or for yeah tb okay interesting yeah so yeah my wife because she's in healthcare has ha- and did uh, tb uh direct observed therapy has had a tb val- which is not mm-hmm. common in america but is common in other countries so
2: <laughs> so why isn't it why do we not need
1: tb because vaccines? we pretty much wiped out tb in america Um,
2: Yeah, but, like, how do we not just get it from going to, like, India or something and bringing it back? Well, when
1: you travel overseas uh, to countries that that is prevalent, they recommend – there are many uh, vaccines that you are supposed to get if you travel to certain countries, actually, but they don't make them widely available here because they don't – it's not really an issue.
2: So why when I give blood do they always ask me if I visited the UK between like seventy eight and eighty three? I never understand that. Like what what
3: is that about? I, Mad Cow disease, isn't
1: it?
2: Mad oh, is Cow that, disease? Oh uh, Crutchfeld uh.
1: is is Crutchfelder's Jacobson syndrome? Is that yeah. what Mad Cow is?
3: Yeah. Well, that that was a bit later. That was in the uh the nineties, wasn't it?
1: Oh okay. Yeah, those are they're related but they're not the same thing, right? Yeah. They're both based on prions. Okay. <laughs> It, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I gave blood the other day, and it was, yeah, there's a whole list of strange questions. Like, I didn't understand why they were asking me if I had had aspirin in the last 24 hours or 48 hours, and then I said, well... It's a blood thinner. So, no, because some people are allergic to aspirin, and so oh, they mark yeah. blood that has had aspirin and blood that hasn't had aspirin in the blood supply. Mm, Can I just
3: say... Well done, and congratulations on doing that. Giving blood, it's such an easy thing to do. Very few of us do it, but it has such a huge impact on our health systems. Um, there's someone else yeah. on that uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, I was really, really super impressed to see it. So yeah. Good well, on you, it-
2: Nate, oh, for I- taking a break from reading idiots on Twitter <laughs>
3: to do something well, truly noble.
1: Here's the thing. It was like you're sitting there. I'm I sitting just want, there-
2: to rein- I want to reinforce this positive
1: behavior. Oh, yeah. So Tom is so sick of me uh, bitching about things i'm reading about twitter in our in our chat feed (laughs) like last night i was just beside myself over this mess in wisconsin i said i said tom i'm just gonna defriend all my conservative friends i'm not gonna talk to them anymore i'm gonna cut that side of my family out i'm just that's it that's what i'm doing and tom was like well you know if I don't have the time to go publicly denounce the shenanigans in Wisconsin on Twitter right now. Uh, so if you, you feel like you do what you feel like you need to do, <laughs> it's basically Tom's response. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe I should stop being an asshole to Tom was my answer to that. So there you go.
2: Our relationship is like an old married couple. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, indeed, indeed. Well, I think Tom is gets the um tom's the only one that returns my text is basically what it is <laughs> <laughs> tom's too worried about me to not return my tags so um anyway thing speaking of things that make me mental um so i don't know if you have followed the whole anti-malarial drug uh debate uh chloroquine am i pronouncing that right do you
0: yeah,
1: know? Yeah. Well,
3: spot on there. Oh, no, chloroquine. Maybe, I, I want to hear how you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, chloroquineine.
1: Okay. Chlor,
3: chloroquine, yeah.
1: Okay. And, uh, and basically, there have been clinical trials that show it may or may not help, uh, alleviate, uh, COVID 19 symptoms. Um, and obviously, it needs a lot more study. Have, what's your opinion of A, the whole debate? and B, you know, whether this is a good idea for people to be prescribing it. Uh, and, uh, and you can I'm choose sure. whether or not to answer the second question because that was kind yeah, of sure. so. so
3: I knew that there was in vitro information that's, you know, um, in test tubes information that showed that it was, uh, it was able to inhibit the virus. That's uh, coronavirus. Okay. Um, now, I know that it's obviously because it's been used for other pathogens, um, it's, it's been through human studies before, so we have a fair idea of the toxicity uh, to our own human you know, health uh, and, and the various doses that you can, you can tolerate. So it's able to be prescribed for various reasons. So it's, it's not a new drug. Um, it's something that we have in our, our armory. If they've already got doses figured out that are not toxic, and they think that it might help, then I think it's, it makes sense to include it in any kind of you know anti anti uh, viral um, regimen. Uh, but again, it's experimental. We've got to really look at the data carefully. Now you've talked about the clinical trials that may or may not show it. I'm am not across the data there. Um, I think it'd be pretty obvious if it does, because this uh, this virus has got a pretty <laughs> pretty high lethality rate, and a lot of people are getting very sick. You at should least see some
1: once you're symptomatic. Yes.
3: Yes, that's right. Well, so
2: that's that's the crux of what I don't understand is, so is that not a function of the virus? Is that a function of your immune system that it's like the virus itself isn't any more deadly than certain other viruses, but there's not this sort of like almost linear, um, you know, immune system response to it. You, you have this bimodal distribution where it's like, oh, you got all these people that just are totally asymptotic. And then you got this other percentage of people and it's like, holy crap, if Mm. they don't have ICUs and ventilators and all these nurses and like pretty decent health, otherwise like they're goners because they've reached some kind of point of no return. Like, is that a function of the virus or is that a function of an individual immune response to the virus?
3: Uh, I don't, I don't think you can separate the two. It's how the virus is interacting with that, that person and their immune system. Um, At this point, you can't separate it without a lot more study. Um and you know this this virus is scary because it's so insidious. you can have someone who's who's had it for you know up to two weeks that is not feeling particularly bad right and then it then it gets into the wherever wherever it is into the synovium of the, the lungs and really starts doing uh, some damage so um, you know it's uh, it, there are very few viruses that seem to act in such a slow and and steady way for those people who are susceptible and the fact that we've got you know, people in their forties and fifties who seem to just, it just bounces off them. Um, and people who are a little bit older that, are, you know, it, it just flicks the switch and they're suddenly in a lot of trouble. Um, it's, it's quite incredible. So, uh,
2: Did you guys think, see like Boris Johnson is in the ICU right he now. He is. Yeah. yeah. So
1: that my, is, my wife's up. cousin is actually the, well, actually her cousin's husband, but it's six degrees of Stark County. Uh, we're in Stark <laughs> County and, um, he is the first person that has been intubated that has lived and been released and then been extubated and released that's had COVID-19. So he's unbelievably fortunate because everyone else in Stark County who's had that has uh, passed away or is still intubated. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's super scary and, I, don't, I mean they really have not figured out a rhyme nor reason um, to why some people are getting it some aren't one of the things that I had asked somebody had I told them I was going to talk to you and they had asked me well does uh, blood type seem to affect who's who's getting uh, who's reacting to this virus and who isn't not that I know of. I think that's okay. something that would have been apparent pretty quickly. I, I, yeah, it feels like that. Um, are there viruses where, or infections where certain blood types are more susceptible to those?
3: Oh, now I, you're testing my.
1: <laughs> I am not trying uh, to. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I'm I can't remember off the top to. of my head. I'm sure there. I'm sure there would be ones that attack certain blood cells, but uh, I don't think they're the they're the big and common ones. Maybe I can research that and, uh, and pop it in the comments. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not a big deal. I was just curious. Take it for later. So, yeah, and as far as So like what your...
3: questions do you have for us?
1: <laughs> what, what would you like to know about the consumer packaged goods industry?
2: Yeah. What would or... you like to know about the defense industry? What would you like uh, to know yeah. about
1: Kubernetes clusters and uh your data science infrastructure? <laughs>
3: You guys, yeah, I, I listen, I listen no. to you guys riff off each other, uh, podcast after podcast. I don't need any uh, particular... <laughs> I feel like I know a lot more about your lives than than you do about <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah, you probably do.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a good thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's always entertaining and educational, so, uh, you know, don't, don't, well, uh, well, don't stop. Well, I feel like this my...
1: is far and away the most educational one we've ever done, so I really appreciate oh, you, best, you being here and doing best. it. It's... I have learned a lot. I hope you have, Tom.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I mean, when you answered that first email from me, it was amazing because I was like, you know, I've spent way too much time watching YouTube videos, reading articles, talking to family that are in the medical field. And it's like some of this stuff was just really bothering me. And then, you know, I just you sent one email and I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, it just kind of put me at peace. It was informative. It was pretty upfront about. Yeah, here's what we know, here's what we
3: don't know. So I really appreciated you taking the time to do that. It was, uh, that was, that was awesome. So thank yeah, you. It was fun. And as I said in my email, I, I can't believe my son, uh, stayed quiet enough for me to actually write it. <laughs> oh. yeah.
1: So, uh, a couple more things I, I, I just want to go over. Uh, so one of the things I just want to say about chloroquinine, um, and then, you know, the, the, the fear is that if it's overprescribed, you're going to have people that, are affected by the side effects of the drug because it's not a drug without side effects and it definitely for people with heart issues and that kind of things can cause real complications. Um and the other thing is uh that you can produce shortages for people with uh things like lupus uh that, that actually need that drug so that you know a real danger there but just wanted to qualify that and uh then the other thing that I wanted to ask about um, was uh, what do you feel like what do you think of this NBA bubble idea where they basically go to this go to a closed off quote-unquote community in Las Vegas and basically have the rest of the NBA season now obviously it feels like a ridiculous priority at this point and they're talking about doing rapid testing for that do you feel like any of that is realistic or are we just being silly
3: wow well, i I don't know. I I think um, if they are that determined, I mean, obviously there's a lot of money involved in a a functional NBA season for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of economies. Uh, And, you know, where all the countries are dealing with pretty significant economic stress, if they thought that this might have a positive impact in a variety of ways, economic and, you know, social, social happiness, you get to see your team again, maybe it could be worthwhile. Um, It would be experimental, um, and I, I think America would be probably pretty well set up to maybe try a world first bubble like that and show if it can be done. Um, and then it might actually take off because prior to a vaccine becoming available, um, you know, it's, I know it's on your run sheet. Um, what's the re- realistic timeline for everything to get back to our normal way of life? Until a vaccine is widely available, normal is gone. So, um, you know, that's the reality we're in. And I, I think it's still dawning on people how long this might actually take. So I think we need to start looking at new ways of doing things. And maybe the, the bubble
1: idea is a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, along with. Wait, that, Nate. Yeah. Can I follow up? Oh, I, yeah, I want to no, answer you this can too. do whatever you want. It's a, it's a free-flowing conversation, Tom. I don't know why. When have you ever asked me my permission to express your opinion before?
2: Well, you know, someone just said it. These are not normal times. So <laughs> <laughs> No, but I was gonna say that I think it's a good idea, but Nate, you remember getting uh, getting dunked on by Jameel Hill, right? For <laughs> you know, for insinuating that a logical, rational thing being in this case that um, you know We're celebrities that travel NBA all players. the time. And that, you know, are exposed to so many different people that travel a lot would be good candidates to test. So the PR nightmare that they would walk into if they were like, well, don't worry, like we're going to play because we've tested everyone. Meanwhile, there's not enough tests that would just be especially right now. So I don't know what it's like in Australia, Simmo, but in America, you can't be an American unless you have super emotional takes about like everything. (laughs) So like for example, you'll hear this in America all the time. Something about like, oh, we should pay teachers like CEOs. Because they're the real heroes, right? (laughs) Absolutely no no rational discussion about like scalability or like why are there so few CEOs? It's just this emotional, like these people are heroic. Ergo, why aren't they, you know, the rich people? And so right now (laughs) And I love seventy-five percent
1: of people that leave the NBA are broke within eighteen months.
2: <laughs> oh my God! Don't even trigger me; I will lose my mind. <laughs> but so right now, the new one is going to be healthcare workers. Which I mean, hey, I'm fine with celebrating. Oh, not just healthcare,
1: ex- Tom. Grocery workers
2: everyone yo, know, my buddy is a is a manager at a walmart and i'm like you know i was like you need to cash in on this man you're a freaking hero <laughs> and he's just laughing i'm like no man, you're putting your life on the line you're an essential employee but the reality is that that's where america's mind is right now so if you did this and it was like oh no no, no it's okay because you know these people are special, and we did all these... No one wants to hear about anyone being special right now, other than... And I think it's fine. I'm not opposed to this. I'm just saying this is the way it is. The healthcare workers and all the people that are really on the front lines fighting this. Um, so, I just think it would be a PR nightmare if you were like, oh, we're gonna play, because like we went ahead and did you we, know, we got all these tests ordered and we got this special program that we can track, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, sorry. The rest of you guys yeah, like, I, are, I
1: think it's pretty tone diff until there is universal testing. Yeah.
2: yeah. I That's, that said, I think we could all use, um, some fun and you know, distractions like the NBA. And yeah. I think you could totally off. And I like where you were going with it, Simo, where you're like, you know, if you have the ability to do it, that's a that that you know someone's got to be the guinea pig for how are we going to go back <laughs> to some. Norfolk.
1: I love that it like all these analogies like panacea. It's not a panacea and guinea pig that you know had their origins in you know medical history are actually like they literally are not literally but they figuratively are guinea pigs and we're only one you know level of abstraction removed from the actual use of a guinea pig in this.
2: Day. Yeah. And who knows, maybe even COVID-19 will get us to properly use literally and figuratively.
1: I doubt it. I doubt it. Did you you have a question in there, Tom, or did I I interrupt you? No, and
2: I I will never politely ask to interrupt you again. After first getting trolled (laughs) for doing it, (laughs) and second... (laughs) <laughs> that response right there so, so I'm gonna what go was back to the question normal sorry. if it's okay no it wasn't a question i said i wanted to weigh in and i did oh, okay
1: sorry <laughs> so do you feel like so, i probably what... could have
2: said i probably could have said i think that would seem tone deaf and then muted my mic but you know me why why be um why say something in a couple words
1: when you could just rant for a while <laughs> that's my never stopped me before yeah.
2: Um Brevity Brevity, look it up. It's a great speech by Winston Churchill.
1: Brevity Bre- is the he soul of it.
2: wit. Brevity. He wrote a memo to his war department in gosh, it was in nineteen forty-one, in the late summer, early fall. Literally civil literally now <laughs> civilization hung by a thread. The blitz was going on, and Churchill felt it was so important to tell all of his english-speaking brethren to stop the poppycock and get to the point and he actually wrote a memo about this and it's awesome and so that's yeah. like usually the first lecture whenever i'm teaching tech writing is to point out that look all y'all think tech writing is a blow-off class and it doesn't matter and you can go be a good engineer or whatever and not know how to communicate i'm here to tell you that winston churchill during the darkest hour, actually thought it was so important to get points across clearly and succinctly that he wrote a memo to his entire war staff about it.
1: Boom! Boy, you took a while to tell that story, though. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the, the lesson was lost on me. So, do <laughs> you? You're the,
3: do you you're the cautionary tale.
1: <laughs> do as i say not as i do
2: i've been been demonetized
0: (laughs) so uh
1: the the there's an email that goes around it's like how or a a style guide that says how to send emails with military precision and they're all about uh you always start with your bluff bottom line up front and then you have like request do you do that
2: the Bluff goes on PowerPoints a lot of times. We call okay. it a uh, like a bumper sticker or something, or a bang box is the other one. Nice. So, like, we'll put it on the bottom, and you'll make it, like, an ob- obnoxious color. And you'll put Bluff, which, like you said, is an acronym for bottom line up front. Okay. And then it's usually a one-liner. Like, what are we really talking about here?
1: Yeah, see, I like to do my emails in order of importance. I do the Bluff, then I do the, this is what I'm asking for, or this is what I need from you, and then I'll do... At the bottom is like, here's all the background information if you really want to read it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, a blog, it's really just a too long didn't read is really what it
1: is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so back to our bubble question. What is the real, like, when do they have to have, when do they have to go into a bubble and play the playoffs for this season to get, you know, in the books? Like, for them to actually have a playoffs? Like, how late is too late? I just don't even think you. Do it. I mean, did you listen? Did well, you
2: watch the podcast with like LeBron and Richard Jefferson and Allie Clifton and
1: no and so LeBron's like all the way out on that idea? Right.
2: LeBron was saying like, I mean, everyone's going to be out of shape. And he answered a Richard Jefferson question, I think, saying mm. the question was like, how long would it take you to be prepared to play a playoff game? And I think he said, like, it would take 10 exhibition style games and multiple weeks before he would have any chance of playing in a playoff game without risking like injury and stuff like oh, that Jesus. so it's like a month or something said wasn't it yeah, yeah yeah and then was it who was it zion or who was it that said like yeah i haven't i, I don't have the ability to like touch a basketball or lift yeah, a weight or do anything yeah more than one
1: person like that like if you don't have a gym where you're out at you can't yeah. just you know go to the level yeah. y right yeah. I mean, that brings up a question that was on my my topic sheet of how fat have you gotten since you started so mentally? <laughs> oh my god! Have you gained? Okay, I, so you know I my have joke? Lost. Have you gained the COVID nineteen yet? <laughs> no, I've
2: lost weight, Nate. Because of course you I no longer, Well, I no longer go out and have a massive three thousand calorie lunch at an Indian buffet <laughs> three times a week. So, I'm practically starving because it's like (laughs) the kids are eating SpaghettiOs and Lunchables, and I'm like, eh, no. Yeah, and so the
1: problem is I have more time to cook now. So, I don't just come home and just throw something down. Like, tonight I made flank steak, and the night before that, I cooked like this delicious chicken on the grill, and it's like, and then of course, I'm eating leftovers at lunch, and but I'm not getting enough exercise is the biggest issue. Cause like, at least I would walk around a, le- a nut. But basically, my exercise is I'll walk for a half hour, 45 minutes at noon, and then I'll go walk for another half hour, 45 minutes in the evening. And, you know, I'm not doing weights. I'm not doing any calisthenics or anything like that. Calisthenics. What am I, 70? Um,
2: <laughs> how do you say calisthenics in Australia?
1: Calisthenic. <laughs> oh man. All right. They just say exercise. <laughs>
2: We just need to let Simo talk for a while.
1: <laughs> oh, I know it's it's so great. So you don't think it's you think they need at least a month. You're agreeing with LeBron there, Tom.
2: Yeah, I do. I just think there's too many issues, and you start risking injury, and that'll create labor issues. With uh, yeah. I just, I just see it as a lost cause, to be honest. A lost I, I don't season. Think, I that's what I think. I mean, so I, I don't do you... know. I don't know what you guys think, but.
1: Okay. See, I think if they can get back by like August, they can, okay, give, I, I think that season, they did it by August. They could go September, October and then kick off next season in like January or something. Um, but beyond that, I think, I think August is probably the drop dead date. Um, and that's a terrible analogy.
0: <laughs> That's well, a
1: terrible yeah.
3: metaphor. <laughs> but,
1: and, and it would know. have
3: to be in a bubble, right? Yeah, um, at this
1: point, yeah, we don't have a vaccine.
3: Season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't see them doing it either. I think it's going to be yeah. lost. Yeah. Unless they agree to have a championship based on something else, it might be some kind of uh, you know, best of uh, 10 free throw shots from your, your, your <laughs> Well, you know or, they're, they're going
1: to start uh, Virtual Horse. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're already doing a 2K20 tournament where the players are all playing each other, and every all these 2K20 purists are like, yeah, these guys are terrible. Why are you showing these guys? Show people that are actually good at this game. So that was, that,
3: that, 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 that was interesting. The NBA app is sending out more alerts than it ever has, <laughs> and, and that's one of them. It's the 2K challenge.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know who it that's was. That's funny. It might have been you or somebody else, but it was just like... You know, stop spamming me NBA. This is getting rid I think it was you that tweeted I think that, that, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, are are you are you doing anything to keep in shape? Because I know you're a runner.
3: Yeah, a runner and cyclist. Um, was a triathlete many years ago when my when my body <laughs> obeyed <laughs> commands. Um, yeah, I'd say I, it's interesting. My my level of exercise hasn't been great. If my wife is busy at work. Um, I don't get much exercise at all. I'm pretty much here with the kids nonstop. Uh, I get some walking in, but that's all. But her her hours have actually reduced Um, in some senses. One part of her job is uh, her private work has kind of dropped off the cliff. So she's now home a lot more, and my fitness is on the way up. I'm actually able to get out for a jog and a a ride every couple of days. Yeah, I
1: guess you can jog because there's nothing stopping you. Do you jog with a mask on?
3: No, no.
0: no. <laughs> I don't uh, walk just, with a mask on. It
3: seems a you little. You just got ridiculous. a social distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd say my my fat levels are about the same, or, or going up, because the uh, the other side of it is my alcohol intake is definitely. <laughs> well,
1: that would be the other definitely thing, fine.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, that's a direct that's a direct result of the homeschooling, I think.
1: <laughs> so, what's your drink of choice? I'm a gin man. Your gin? Oh man! There you oh, that's go. The Me one too. I
3: can't do it all. Oh,
2: that's the only one I do.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a rum guy. That that's my hard liquor, and then of course, if it's not that, it's beer, and then occasionally one. And yeah, it's, I'll yeah, do yeah, vodka I, I every now and transcript. again. But yeah, I don't discriminate. Given a choice, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So l- l- wrapping it up here, what's the stupidest thing you've done during quarantine? And I think Tom has a story about this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: Oh,
1: I thought. Oh, you just want mine no. first. Or... Yeah, you kick it off. The <laughs>
2: like I don't do stupid things, so I'm not
3: say I, <laughs> I, I, it. I don't know if it's stupid, but uh, I I tend to um, in certain situations react with a a large project which often costs money, and I ask my permission uh, sorry permission of my wife after the fact. Uh-huh. Um, so, you, you, I, are I went... you
1: like me? Do you collect hobbies? Uh, kinda. Yeah. yeah, like you get so into something, you got to have the best and all that, you know, yeah, that kind of. Thing. Yeah, I don't okay. like
3: cutting corners. So if I get exactly. into it, it's whole hog, and it becomes a bit of an obsession. Uh, because I I was a lab scientist and I haven't been in the lab for a decade, I I get these urges to start uh, being a bit of a scientist at home. So a couple of years ago, I started making my own soap. Uh, <laughs> and and, and I actually started actually started selling it. I got a business name and the whole deal. Um. Which is, you know, wow. a little bit of that, but it's it's gone on the back burner since I had a, a second child. Um, but the latest thing is uh, because of the the lack of hand sanitizer uh, in Australia. I don't know what it's like over there, but you can't get it anywhere. You can't buy ethanol from anywhere. Um, <laughs> so I, I went and bought a still, and I'm going to start producing it myself.
1: Nice. Hmm. Well, the beauty of that is you can't go blind with hand sanitizer if you make methanol instead of ethanol. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, pulling up the methanol and selling it, to, <laughs> selling it to people who are dumb enough to buy it and keeping the good stuff for myself. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. That's a good idea. Well, I've heard you can do – can you get isopropyl rubbing uh, alcohol there? Uh, you, I think
3: you can make it, but it's it's not as easy as, as methanol. Well, no, I so. mean can
1: you buy it there? I mean, oh, you no can way. buy it no. – oh, you can't. It's just nothing because you I've, can make your it. own hand sanitizer with aloe and isopropyl rubbing alcohol. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but, yeah. so ethanol if, if or isopropyl do just as well at destroying the life. So. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, so you're making your own sale. Sell- nice. So, Tom, what is the dumbest thing you've done during quarantine? Hmm.
2: Well, last night was dumb. So, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, so the thing that I do that's dumb is my consumer habits are still like I'm a poor college kid. So I look for like sales and I think like, well, you know, I- I'm frugal in an irrational way. You know oh, what I mean? It's way. like, so like I'll do, I'll do stupid stuff. Like I'll buy like the real cheap sprinkler or garden hose or something like that. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, a garden hose. Like who's going to pay like 50 bucks? And then I always end up regretting it when my hose has a billion holes in it and I'm getting soaked. Trying to do, you know, trying to use the thing that I skimped on years ago. So I noticed my neighbor was um, aerating his lawn, had re- had rented a core aerator. This was Sunday night. And so I went over and I was like, oh, like, Alan, uh, I would not. That's a mind. nice
1: looking aerator you got there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like, <laughs> would you mind if I? And here's the thing I didn't realize this now. They don't only give it to you for like days or hours. They actually have, like, odometers on them with timers and stuff. Oh, wow. And he's like, well, let me look and see how many hours I have left. I was like, <laughs> come again? He's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I still have three hours, and I'm done. I was like, oh, okay. So those things are mammoth, and they're, they don't turn. So you get a heck of a workout trying to core aerate your lawn. But I finished aerating it, <laughs> and my front lawn is a disaster. It looks like a war zone. So I I was
1: telling you the other night, I'm in the same boat because I got this giant pin oak that loses its leaves like a month after everything else, and so it's always snowing when all the leaves are down. So I literally have just leaf dead leaf patches and acorn you know trench pits in my in my front yard from this enormous pin oak. So that's my pin oak story by Nate Smith. So continue. (laughs) So
2: (laughs) so um. Basically, I have all this grass seed that I've had for years. I probably bought this patch kit when it was like three for one or something. So I have seed that's been unopened for a long time. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I aerated it now. I need to overseed. So then I go to my other neighbor and I'm like, "Hey Pete, do you have a spreader?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure." So I borrow. I borrow. It looks like so, stone soup. So, so last, so I. I I spread all the seed and then um, it was basically like I'm looking at the weather forecast because, you know, there's no point in putting down seed if you're not going to really water the heck out of it because it'll dry out really fast. And if the seed dries out or if the soil's too dry for the seed to get into wet soil, all you did was feed the birds and basically waste money. So I was like, ah, uh, 50% of rain, that's not great. I probably need to get out here and, and water what I just put down. So I've got two different, I've got three different types of, of sprinklers. Okay. And I've got all these different hoses. So I go take the one hose that is on the front that I don't use that much. And I'm like, well, I use the one in the back. I don't, it's going to be a hassle to like disconnect all that stuff. So I'll use this one. And I had a, I had a, suspicion that you know one of the sprinklers maybe two of the three sprinklers like wouldn't work right but i was like okay there's three sprinklers here i'm going to find some way to get some water onto this area that i just overseeded so the first sprinkler i put on has wheels and it's like one of those ones that's like you know it's got like the rotating head or whatever. And actually, I was, you know, kind of pleasantly surprised because it was working. I was like, huh, why did I think like this thing, you know, didn't work? Because it's working totally fine. So I get out there. I put it down. I'm kind of setting it up. I'm adjusting it so that it, you know, it sprays the area that I want it to spray. And the head pops off of it and hits me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you. Like it just literally just pops up in the air like it was something like bad you know, comedy series. And I'm like, okay, now I remember why I thought this might not work. Um, So I go on to the next sprinkler, which is more of like a heavy-duty version of one of those, like, sprinklers. It's got this giant stake you stick in the ground. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this one was... This was the one that I thought worked, you know, before I embarked on any of this stuff. So I was like, all right, we got this. Um, Nope, it totally... Like did not work at all. Um, it, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even get the water. Most of the water was spraying out of the connection versus going through the sprinkler. So I'm standing here and it's like this is just a giant mess. Is this clogged or what's going on? So I'm like, well, this isn't gonna work. So I have a third sprinkler, like one of the old, you know, '60s era sprinklers where it just goes leisurely, kind of back and forth. And it makes it looks like a rake, you know, on top or whatever. The pattern it makes is kind of like a rake. So I was like, okay, well, this thing is um, it doesn't move, so it just stays like in one spot. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a pain. So I grabbed a sprayer, like a, like a nozzle. I hooked that up, and I'm like, I'm just gonna stay out here for a half hour and literally just spray my lawn. And the combination of the hose with all of its micropunctures and the sprayer, the whole thing was just spraying water everywhere. And it was almost like a joke. I started laughing. I was like, well, I'm holding basically like a giant water bomb that's just, you know, going off in my hand like a sprinkler um, or like a sparkler. I mean, it felt like Fourth of July, but with water. And yeah, so... And the funny part about it was I was chatting with Nate before I started doing this and I predicted this. I was like, well, I'm going to try to water my lawn, but I'm pretty sure I'm just going to end up getting soaked and I'm going to fail at, you know, overseeding. And yeah, I think that's pretty much how this one's going to play
3: out
1: well uh, i would love to tell you the dumbest thing i did during quarantine but unfortunately we are under a tornado warning so i actually have to end the podcast and oh, go get yeah. out of the basement so um oh. we just had a tornado warning coming through and i don't want the dumbest thing that i did was not go to the basement in a tornado listening
2: warning. to a terrible story by me while you got killed by a tornado yeah <laughs> please don't let that be the dumbest <laughs> thing
1: so, um, we'll we'll have pitches next time, but I want to thank Simo and Tom for being on this. And as always, go Cavs.
3: Go Cavs. Cavs. Get downstairs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog podcast. Check back soon for some more fun
2: with your favorite blogger. There's a fire.